Suicide Squad is DC's third entry into its cinematic universe, but is it a success or has it committed suicide? I'm Mike. <laughs> and I'm Darren. And this is Popscorn. <laughs> Entertainment Movie Review Podcast, and today we're talking about Suicide Squad, and as always, I'm Mike. And I'm always Darren. I like saying that. I just really, I've remembered that I like saying that out loud. I like Su- it, my love. Suicide Squad, Darren. Synergy. Uh, yes, yeah, Suicide Squad. Suicide. Um, Suicune Squad. <laughs> I did used to call Suicune, Suicune, Suicide. Um, it was anti-Riker and Suicide. Um... <laughs> Yeah, the the kind of the oddball early entry into this DC expanded universe. It's not cinematic universe. Yeah, that's what Marvel do. We can't do that business. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And and a kind of a first stab of a major uh, film production company at trying to make the bad guy movie. Yeah, which I have gone on record before as saying, and I do honestly believe this is almost impossible to do. It will require a bit of retrospect to prove my point somewhere down the line in the next few years, whether I was correct or not. But I, I think it's a very difficult thing to have pay off long term. Obviously, comparisons are going to be brought up to Guardians of the Galaxy, which is the Marvel equivalent, sort of. Before that, they the, the Guardians are heroes. They always start off at like so, sort of like thieves and vagabonds. Okay, but I mean, but they were never out and out. Bad guys. They're so not murderers, th- thugs. Yeah. You know, they're not that level. Whereas in the Suicide Squad, it is made very apparent that these people have all killed people. They're all bad people and they're not going to change. Exactly. Unlike the Guardians, where it's like, we're all scum, but hey, we can be heroes. Yeah. To quote David Mate, Bowie. Just for one day. Um, <laughs> so so I, I, I need to explain what I mean by I think the, the bad guy movie is a flawed concept. This was mainly based around when they were trying to do a Venom movie. And and doing a Venom movie without Spider-Man, that was the main problem. I remember you writing up something about that. I did write a, a very extensive article on why I think it's a bad idea. Mainly it's because the point of a movie is to be able to sympathise with the protagonists. You like them, you want to see them succeed and all that good stuff. But if they're bad guys, that's kind of difficult to do. Now it can work for a one-off in that you get behind them for that movie... But then when it's time for them to be an actual bad guy, that's going to be difficult because then you have a vested interest in them succeeding up against your superhero or you are also meant to have a vested interest in succeed, in seeing succeed. This is why I was very anti a Magneto Origins movie because I think it kind of ruins the point of Magneto in that he's meant to be the villain. You can have sympathy for him, but you're not meant to be rooting for him. I fear going forward, should they want to use any of these bad guys in a in a DC movie as an antagonist, that could be a problem. But for here and now, this might be a bit of a controversial opinion, I kind of like the Suicide Squad. Coming out of it, I thought it was okay. On reflection, there's a lot of problems with this movie. In my opinion, it's not... Basically, I said that DC was a last chance saloon going into this movie for me. Like, If this movie was terrible, I would automatically be logged out 
for Wonder Woman, Justice League, etc. I'd go and see them, but I wouldn't make it a priority. Right. Um, but Suicide Squad puts them not doesn't put them back on good stead. It's a better movie than Man of Steel. It's a yep. better movie than Batman vs Superman. But yep. then you know, eating your own vomit was better than Batman vs Superman. Mm-hmm. We but tested that. Yeah, but it's not a good movie. There are there are good parts and there are good ideas. There's a lot more positives to be found in this than previous DC attempts, but it is flawed. I agree it's flawed in parts, but I do think it's, it's on the whole, I give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I did come definitely. out of this movie enjoying my time and not really feeling like I wasted any amount of time. I was never bored. I was never like, come on, move to the next point. Can we do this? Can we do that? Certainly there's things they could have done much better. And we'll get into that over this uh, review, as is the point of a review, Michael. Um, but just to Tell s- me how to review things. Mm, you seem to forget. We've been doing it for how long? <laughs> uh, let's not think about how long we've been doing yeah, okay, it. Um, yeah. But just to lay the table for, for the going forth, I-, I liked this movie. This is my favourite DC movie. Probably since um, The Dark Knight. Yeah, I'd say that. I mean, not counted animated movies, you mean? I haven't seen any of the animated movies, In, so... Okay, I, whatever. I, though the killing joke is apparently going down like a lead balloon. It's only because the first half hour, like... Right. Okay, well, that's that's another review for another day, because I'll make sure you watch it. Thanks. Um, Will this be like a Star Trek Into Darkness thing? Yeah, probably. Sweet. Um, <laughs> well, you're, you're introduced pretty much straight away to your protagonists, and um, their, their various run-ins with superheroes yeah. prior to them getting into the Suicide Squad. And i got to say, that first half an hour, 20 minutes, when we're meeting everybody who's going to be in the squad, I thought that was pretty much perfect. I really enjoyed that bit. I was on board. I was like, it's not going to suck. I'm so happy it's not going to suck. This was when one of the very weird quirks of the movie came to um, the forefront, which is um, schizophrenic soundtracking. Yeah, definitely. Of like every five minutes, there's like a really good song, but it's kind of out of place. Yeah, I get you. The soundtrack for this movie is going to be fantastic, but it's just so odd that they're just bombarding you with a song. It's a very loud movie. It's not thematic. It kind of feels like one of those Top Gear best of driving CDs. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, well, this is a good song. Let's crowbar this in somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're introduced to Will Smith. Yes. Who I think if you're going to pick a, a true protagonist of this movie, it's between him and Harley Quinn. They kind of flit between yeah. who's the main character at various points. Um, yeah, but Will Smith has Deadshot. Um, it was the, really the big catch for this movie. I was very surprised that Will Smith would, well, A, be in a superhero movie at this point, because he's kind of like Tom Cruise, and that you feel he's, even though it's the biggest thing going in Hollywood, he's kind of above it. Yeah. And the fact that he took on what is usually a, a C to B list bad guy in an ensemble movie. You'd think if Will Smith was going to be in a superhero movie, he'd be in a Will Smith superhero movie where he's the focus. Like Hancock, but good. Yeah. Um... But no, a very surprising choice, but one I'm glad they made. Yeah, yeah, I really liked Will Smith's Deadshot. And obviously the argument is going to come up of like, oh, they made him a different race or whatever. It's like, it doesn't matter. The Were people this... really tied to Floyd Lawton's fucking ethnicity? On, you remember how Floyd Lawton looked in fucking, um, was it the original Arkham game? Was it Arkham Asylum? Was it Arkham City? He was in Arkham City. He looked stupid in Arkham City. He had like the handlebar moustache. Like he <laughs> Why are people so... He looked like he was in the village people. I know, right? Why are people hung up on that? Okay, take all that aside. I think this is a really good version of Deadshot. 
I think there's little quirks that I didn't really like as such, but on the whole, I thought it was a great character. Like, um, the the every other second, it'd be the jive talking. You know what I mean? Yeah, that I, got old. The, the when big... it's him doing business and shooting stuff. He's People awesome. coming out and pointing out the kind of almost Michael Bay levels of racism flowing underneath this movie. Oh, God, yeah. As in, you know, they have the most stereotypical Latino you could think of. Um, the we'll most stereotypical... Yeah, exactly. They, they've gone for maximum stereotype on all of them. The Australian is literally called Captain Boomerang and throws boomerangs at people whilst drinking beer, right? <laughs> and he's not very bright. Uh, like, that's just fantastic. The Japanese lady is literally called Katana and does nothing but speak Japanese through the entire movie. Um, that aside. Um, yeah, I liked... I liked um, The daughter thing felt okay at some parts. I think the, 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 the girl playing the daughter was awful. Yeah. Just not great. But my problem... My, I liked Will Smith. I liked his action scenes. I liked his purpose in this movie. He's, he's flitting between, I'm a good guy and I'm a bad guy, was a bit on the nose sometimes. Yeah, very much kind of like, you see him killing people for money... And that's his thing. But then he's also like, no, my kids, my kids. I'm like, oh, stop it, stop it. Yeah. Like, this is too heavy-handed. You can still be a murderous asshole and go... And, like, all it had to be was, like, one scene where he's, like, wiring money to a family account. And that's all you needed. You need him to be, like... Yeah, he's a cutthroat, like, incredible shot badass. But then, like, as he gets the funds in account, he's, like, storing, like... Half of it away for a college yeah. fund. You didn't need the whole forced helping to do a math homework interaction. Like we don't need this. In a We've movie. murdered trigonometry. Yeah. No, they. He had character traits when they were convenient to the plot. Yeah, definitely. They were interchangeable whenever he needed to have them. Yeah, there's there was a point at the movie where um, Will Smith and Margot Robbie are sharing like a conversation, and and it's it's quite flirtation like. A minute ago, you were complaining that you didn't get to see your kid. Now you're flirting with a crazy clown. I know. It's a bit mm, all over the shop. But overall, again, to come back to this, I'm going to keep doing, even though I'm picking floors. Yeah. I did enjoy Will Smith. It felt like Will Smith being his cocky self again. Like We've had all that seven pound, I'm a serious actor business. Now he's just back to being Will Smith for Men in Black. And yeah. That's cool. That's fine. And then your other protagonist of, of the piece, your female lead, as it were, um, yeah, Margot Robbie as... Harley Quinn. She's perfect. Let's move on. I mean, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this thing, the thing that I kept coming... The, the big thing for me was, I hate Harley Quinn yeah, as a character. I know you do. I can't stand her. You're wrong, but I know you do. No, I'm not wrong. She annoys the hell out of me. Per, she, she's responsible for one of the funniest video game moments of my life. When at the game expo that we went to... I remember this. We, I queued for an hour to play Arkham City for like a, for like 15 minutes. And I'd seen several people in front of me do the demo, so I knew what was coming. And there's a bit where it's in the early bit of the game, you walk into the church, and Harley Quinn's doing um, handstands, backflips at you, and then you're meant to wait for her to get near enough to counter, and then you like grab her and push her away. But I knew from someone else who'd seen it, who kind of like ran her to the side, sidestepped a little bit, and then ran in and like you know punched her. It kind of made yeah. her stumble a little bit. But I knew it was coming. So I just immediately, the second the, the cutscene ended and she was coming at me, I sprinted at her <laughs> and threw the punch. And I couldn't have timed it perfectly. So she was coming up as I hit her in the face. And she completely just ragdolled. And the, I heard the two girls in the queue behind me go, oh, he just punched her in the face. She hadn't even done anything. <laughs> so that was hilarious. But um, yeah, I hate Harley Quinn. I've never enjoyed doing anything. 
Except for Suicide Squad. Yay! She was a little annoying sometimes when she's doing the Mr. J stuff, which really just gives me like like yeah. like knee-jerk reaction of oh, hatred. Um, <laughs> but she was great. She was she was funny. She was. They they tried to put as much pathos in as they could. I wish they'd done more with kind of the relationship between her and Joker. And I feel like there might be a cut of that movie where that's more prominent. But for the most part, I liked her. So this is why I didn't want to discuss it, because Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn, and it's excellent, and, and it's like... And, and Harley Quinn's one of my favourite characters, because I... Oh, Michael. Okay, one of my favourite Batman villains, not one of my favourite characters. Because... Riddler and Two-Face. I know, I know, I know, but I grew up on the... Uh, the animated series and yes. that was her introduction okay. and obviously the episode where she's introducing given the backstory Mad Love is just a perfect piece of TV and it really gives you the pathos that should be in this movie yeah. which is really really annoying to see like a a five second version of this crammed into this movie and I'm like Mad Love is a pretty much perfect story and it's just kind of like here's the cliff notes and yeah, this is the thing. This is why every time I think about the movie, I get, I go, oh, I really enjoyed this, except for three other things about it. That you and I could do that enjoy. for everything. I could do that. It's like this moment was cool, but here's three awful things that surround it. Yeah, there's something else about Harley Quinn that ticked me off, but I, I, I will say that for spoilers. But yeah, you, you do feel like had they given it more time. I think the problem with it being an ensemble movie and yeah. the desire to want to introduce at least the main three people in the Suicide Squad via those kind of flashback scenes of them getting caught. That kind of, especially, like, the introduction of Joker and Har- Harley and Quinzel, I thought would have a bit more build-up. Yeah. Like, we'd see Harley Quinn at work as a normal person, and then you'd hear, like, the Joker laughing in the corridor. There's, not just... Yeah, there's a there's a perfect version of that, not just they smash open... cut to them having a talk. Yeah, like, like uh... there'd be no build-up, no set-up of anything, just... He, she got given the clown, and there he, yeah. there he is. There's a, there's a beautiful scene in, in, in again, I keep calling back to Mad Love, where she's talking about her problems, and she's in the psychiatric chair, and Joker's doing the write-up. I really wanted that scene to be in. That would have been so perfect, but no. We did get a lot of nods towards stuff that has been forgotten, sort of, in the comics. Like, um, we, we see her doing the whole... Uh, I don't know what you call it, so I'm just going to call it gymnastics in the yeah. jail cell, which is a callback to that she was a professional gymnast before she uh, went uh, went on to uh, yep. GCU and, and trained to be a, a mental health nurse, yep. which is pretty cool. So we get nods to the books in quite a lot of places. Yep. And some of the accuracy, like the Deadshot costume looks amazing. The new Harley Quinn one, not for me, but I get why they've done it. They did show you, though. Yeah, they did. Very briefly. The Alex Ross painting. Yes. Oh, my God. That was so good. With original Harley Quinn costumes, which I never thought we'd see. Original Harley Quinn, Joker in a tux. I was like, oh, this is But then the kind of trashy, what she's wearing for the rest of the movie, basically, is horrendous. Like, I get why it's there for sexist pigs. Yeah. So they go, oh, Harley Quinn's nice, isn't she? I'm not saying that I don't, but, like, I'd I'd prefer it to be... Even the Arkham version. Yeah, I'd prefer it to be a costume. Because you're not, gonna, not just yeah. hot, pun- hot pants and a t-shirt. Yeah. Like that was, that's what she picked at that box. Yeah. Her costume was in there. Yeah, but, but the thing is, it's like the whole Harlequin get-up. Is like the big sort of like what puffy onesie clown suit yeah, yeah. thing. Impractical. It, it, it won't work in a movie. I, I understand that. But yeah, the Arkham version of it... Would have been fine. It's still very nice to look at if you're into that type of thing. But looks more like an actual, you know, Harlequin, not just, you know, slut. 
Let's yeah. face it, slut with a baseball bat. That's essentially what the costume design is. Looking forward to Halloween, though. I just that's a completely unrelated point. I'm really oh, looking forward oh, to Halloween. Muggle honk honk. <laughs> <laughs> Be better than this muggle. I know, honk. I know, I know. Shall what? we talk about the Joker for a bit? Can we save Joker? Can we save Joker? Can we save Joker? Right, okay, let's, let's rottle through the rest of the cast then. Because so... I need to talk about something. A revelation that happened in this movie. Oh. Joy Courtney's awful, right? We agree that Joy Courtney... Joy Courtney is bad in everything. ...is awful. And yet... <laughs> and yet... Somehow... David Ayer? Ayer. Ayer. Somehow found a role that Joy Courtney can excel in. <laughs> yeah. Joy Courtney was Fucking awesome in this <laughs> it was movie. Really good. It was so weird. He was the funniest person. Yeah, I, I like how. Um, like, I'm annoyed we didn't get more Joy Courtney. Yeah, like what universe are we in? <laughs> there's a bit where like, I, I kind of feel like that there's another comedic scene. There's something about this movie that it just feels like a lot was left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, and I get a <laughs> just as Jared Leto. Yeah, I mean Joker scenes, uh, Katana scenes. I imagine that some Captain Boomerang scenes were left on the floor because mm-hmm. it's a bit. <laughs> and for people who've seen the trailers, there's a bit where they're in a bar. Um, and let's just say, let's just say <laughs> Captain Boomerang swiftly exits that yeah, scene. He's given a chance to leave, as they all are, and he immediately, without blinking, picks his point up and runs off. <laughs> I wanted to see the rest of that. I wanted to see yeah, where that was going. Because then he comes back with yeah. no explanation. I was yeah. just like saying, yeah, <laughs> everything's blocked off. There's death everywhere. But I might as well just stay here now. <laughs> I got lost or something. It's like I, I wanted him to like run into like a like a big group of enemies or something like that, and just be like, just be like throw the boomerang and go, oh fuck, and then run and then join just, back up. What type of bizarre world are we living in, right? That the DC universe is so fucked up, so so very like tangent to the Marvel universe that they can fuck up Batman and Superman and yet make Joy Courtney the best part of a movie as Captain Boomerang. What bloody parallel universe of the DC stumbled into where they've got this mirror universe where the best things are terrible and the terrible things are fantastic it's weird oh Joy Courtney has hope if I take nothing away from Suicide Squad is that Joy Courtney isn't as bad as previously thought I still like if you got a laugh out of the trailers where like they open up the body bag and he just stumbles up and... I wish I hadn't seen that I know that's... that would probably actually be the funniest part of the movie that, <laughs> that just immediately his first instinct is just to punch a woman yeah <laughs> um, so yeah Captain Boomerang I'm annoyed we didn't get more of him but he's very funny he's great I enjoyed a lot of him uh, right now the rest of the Suicide Squad are kind of in and out. They're a bit of an amalgamous mess, really. Yeah. Amalgamous, sorry. Killer Croc doesn't get, like, his little setup scene. I do want to say something. The trailers make Killer Croc out to be, like, some kind of big hulking badass. Yeah. He's about five foot. They didn't really do much to... If you want to have a stab at his name, you're more than welcome. But we'll call him Mr. Echo from Lost. Um, uh, that's Adewale Akinoya... Ad- ah, God, yes, yeah, screw it, Mr. Echo. Mr. Echo... Who's a big dude? Because he played Curse in um, in Thor Ragnarok. Did he? Yeah, he was Curse. That's him. Yeah. Ah. No, because he was he was he was Mr. Echo, and then he becomes full blown Curse. Well, he's got to be pissed off, hasn't he? Why? Like, he's in both universes. Yeah. Put some kind of like practical. Mess. Uh, just like well, if you need some way to put on a lot of prosthetics, you go and get Mr. Echo. Um, but yeah, Mr. Echo. As Killer Croc, I thought they would put a bodysuit on him. Yeah. Or made him like yeah massive, but no, he's just like a kind of. Not thin, dude. He's still big, but yeah, he's not the monster that they should kind of make him out to be in the trailers. 
And I wanted more of the backstory of like what happened to him. Like it's a skin disease. Everyone bullied him, so he decided to embrace it and all that stuff. There's, not, there's to... not enough of Waylon Jones in there. No. Like in... Again, we're gonna, I'm going to make a lot of callbacks to the Arkham games because that's where these characters are probably most known before this movie. Like the scene with Killer Croc in Arkham Asylum is very tense and it's, a very, it's very much like a monster movie. So I expect him to be more of a monster. There are references him, of him to being a monster. Yeah, that's actually my favourite line to do with Killer Croc, is when Amanda Waller's talking to everybody and he does, she has mentioned Killer Croc. said, well, he looked like a monster, so they treated him like a monster. Like the chucking, like the raw meat into yeah, the cell and that. That was cool. Into the sewer. And then, that was cool, but he just, yeah, ultimately a bit, a bit of a nothing. Like, you don't actually see him be a badass all that many often. You're too busy looking at what Deadshot and, and Harley Quinn are doing to really see Killer Croc go to town on some food. Now, this might be a bit of a spoiler, so minor spoiler alert. Yes. But the way the movie ends for this character is kind of a bit weird and only really makes sense when you consider who's playing the role. This is... The fact that at the very end of the movie, like they're given like little rewards right. for doing their job. And he asks for BET. Now, for those who don't know what BET is, that's the Black Entertainment... Uh, is it Black Entertainment Network, something like that? Black Entertainment right. Television? That makes sense. Which is a bit odd, because he's a crocodile. Yet they've decided, they decided, like, the first part of the movie was set up to be, like, a somewhat sympathetic, misguided animal. Yes. Who could form a meaningful relationship with Rick Flagg, because Rick Flagg is not scared of him, and treats him like a member of the squad rather than the the attack dog. Yeah. And then they just throw all that away at the end and go, no, actually, he's a black street thug. Thanks, guys. That was weird. Not sure I like that. Again, I like the design of Killer Croc. I don't like his getup. I think he should just have been... I think he should have been more ripped. I think he should have been more scaly. He should have had claws or something like that. Yeah. And he should have been shirtless. Yeah. They put him in like a hoodie with his hood up and he looks like a... Again, they've gone street thug. I suppose that's just to save on prosthetics so that he hasn't got to have the full body on all the time. I imagine that's That's, very uncomfortable. That's what I was going to say. You know what this movie on the whole feels like? Go on. Pandering. It panders to every single demographic and stereotype in order to make money. But but this thing, it panders to them by embracing the stereotype without, you know, any subtlety. That's the thing. There's no subtlety. That is a problem. It's, it's pander. It, like Joker and Harley Quinn. Well, again, we'll come to Joker in a minute. Joker and Harley Quinn's pandering is like the hot topic goth pandering, yes. as it was. The pandering that you get with uh, El Diablo, who we'll talk about next, yeah. and Killer Croc is like street thug pandering and yeah. like gangbusters get rich or die trying bullshit, yeah. which really annoyed me. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like the few things that are pandering to people who are in love with DC, like Amanda Waller, Katana, Rick Flag. This movie is made for so many demographics, it kind of feels like it's insulting all of them at the same time. To me, anyway. Uh, I've, again, this is going to sound odd, but as, as straight white men, there's not much of us to insult. If we were any type of ethnicity, then I'm pretty sure we'd God, be... God, we're not Australian. Oh, Christ. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's hard for us to judge because obviously we haven't been through that. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying it's offensive. What I'm oh, saying, no, no, no. But I'm, what I'm, I'm saying you. is it's just, it's a bit, it's going the easy route. It's not trying anything mm-hmm. reckless. They had an opportunity to do that with El Diablo. Yeah. Because in the comic books, he's much more sympathetic in that um, he's, he's born into a street gang, as as often is in, in you know LA and places like that where there's a big culture. He was born into it, he reluctantly participated, he then got his fire powers and then was basically forced into using them. 
So he was he's very sympathetic in that, yes, he did kill people, but he was forced to at gunpoint to go and burn a house full of an opposite gang or whatever. On this one, he's much more of like a the kingpin of this gang. Yeah. They try and at the end crowbar in the sympathy of like he just lost control. But then there's also a video of him barbecuing an entire prison worth of people. Yeah. And then he has the gall to go, oh wait, no, I've turned, I've, I've renounced my ways. Like if he was, if he was the forced gang version, then you would have a lot of sympathy, and I think he would be a really, really good character. And that would be more in line with like he would actually be a the ideal choice for a protagonist. In yeah. that he's the one you have hope can actually get out of the Suicide Squad and be an actual hero. He has turned his life around. You don't get that. No. That's and what I, the movie tries to do. But fails with the setup because I know yeah. it's, it's got to be set up as a villain. But what he could be set up is if this movie is going the metahuman route, it should be a case of yeah, this guy's a metahuman. He's been forced to do some really bad stuff. We can't argue that he killed them. We have to put him in prison, but there's some hope for him. Whereas opposed to just like yeah, he went nuts and this isn't a spoiler because it's in the first five minutes. Yeah, he went nuts and killed everyone he loves. Yeah, fun. But th- th- they could also do it from a fact of they don't care that he he might be sympathetic and he was forced to do it. He's a metahuman. He killed people. He will be painted with the same brush as everybody else. And he, then that's how you get sympathy that he's being persecuted that's for true. for somewhat unfairly. What I will say though, even though the setup is messy, I did think that Jay Hernandez. Jay Hernandez was really good as El Diablo, and I really enjoyed I like it. Him. As a character, I don't know that much about. It's very hard to yeah. do a disservice to the character, but I actually really enjoyed him. I did. I just I wish they'd given him the better character. He did get the biggest laugh out of the movie for me as well. Which was? It's unfortunately a spoiler. Okay, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, well, there's one other member of the Suicide Squad that we haven't talked about yet, which well, is the... Slipknot. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh, There's a person. few more that we haven't talked about, actually. Who? Just gonna... Oh, Katana. Katana, Rick Flag, and uh, Enchantress. We haven't talked. Okay, about. well, we may have to save Enchantress for after the spoiler warning to really delve into that. Okay, can I just say one thing before we go into the spoiler yes. warning? The way that Enchantress is introduced is a, is incredible and probably one of my favourite bits of the movie. Yes, which is she has a hand as June as Doctor June Moon. She has a hand on the table. The, the yeah. yeah, the hand of the Enchantress comes up, slides her fingers between hers. And turns a hand over, and the Enchantress is there. I'm like, dude, that was awesome. I'm gonna have to save Enchantress after the spoiler. Let's warning, do that. But then. I enjoyed her. I liked her quite a bit. Yeah, um, Katana felt very forced. Very much a non-entity. Like they but... needed another female on the on the team, and she was expendable. You know what I mean? Like someone they could put in there without much consequence. So like it isn't like they're wasting a back girl or. You know, the Huntress or, or a Black Canary. You've got to feel sorry for Karen Fukuhara, who plays her. This being her first big movie. Um, and it just being a wasted effort, really. Would anything have been different had she not been there? No, nothing would have been different. Here's the thing. She's probably got the most interesting backstory, and it gets explained away in two sentences. Her sword has some souls in it. No, 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 no. The, the, the sword that she carries was held by an enemy who killed her husband which trapped souls, she then killed that guy, took the sword off him, can communicate with her husband in the sword, and goes about stealing other people's souls to go redemption. Yeah. That's a movie. She was really good in Arrow. Yeah. Like, they had her in Arrow season three, I believe. I don't know. And she was one of the high points of Arrow season three. That's when Arrow started going off the rails a little bit. But yeah, they did a really good job with Katana in the TV show. Here, yeah, you literally could take her out wholesale... And nothing would be different. 
she doesn't really add much to the fighting. She's kind of added in a really random part where she just turns <laughs> but, up. They almost forget about her. They start flying off like, we're going to go and start the movie now. Oh, wait, Katana, Katana, jump Oh, on. yeah, we forgot you were on the cast list. Come on, Katana, get on here. Um, yeah, completely wasted. Although I did enjoy her interaction with Harley Quinn at the very start. She's just like stood there menacingly. She's like, nice to meet you. Oh, yeah. Is that the stench of death? I really enjoyed that. And Rick Flagg. I gotta say, I actually quite thought he was quite okay. He was fine yeah, as your kind of straight man for the the zany wackiness all around him. I kind of feel like he wasn't straight laced enough. He was very military, but he started having emotion. I would have loved it if it was, you know, in the trailers where he's running down the thing and he's like, "He's a crocodile and he kills people. She's crazy." Yeah, like he should. That should have been his note. He should have been like, "Right, well, okay." <laughs> I feel like there could have been a lot more comedy there if, yeah. he, if he was just like unsurprised by everything. He's like. Oh, that's a thing. I'm not surprised Tom Hardy turned this down. Yeah. On reflection if, of If how... it was between this and Mad Max, I can see why he didn't take this up. Yeah. Because, well... No. Oh, I'll let's not way. start you on Mad Max. No, 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 no. I'm just going to say, Mad Max was Oscar nominated and this won't, won't be. be. No. Um, he was just... Yeah. He's your plot device to keep things moving. One person we can talk about before we dive into spoiler warnings, uh, Amanda Waller. Really good. I liked it, yeah. There's not a bad interpretation of Amanda Waller, really, so far. And this one played by... Uh, in Arrow, she's skinny and, and attractive, and I'm like, no. Oh, that makes doesn't make sense. You're not Amanda Waller to me. Who plays Amanda Waller in this Viola movie? Viola Davis. Viola Davis, that's It should one. have been Oprah. <laughs> no, that one I really... I, I know, I know Viola Davis did a fantastic job here, and I'm looking forward to seeing her again. But I so wish it was Oprah. This movie's so off-piste and so wacky. Why couldn't it have been Oprah that was shooting people in the face? That would have been fun. That would have been fantastic. But this Amanda Waller's great. And yeah. it's, she's very imposing, which is yeah. what you need. She doesn't give a shit about anything. She's just like, want this job done? They went, Getting it done? They went balls to the wall with her. Hey. I really like her. Now we have to talk about the Joker. So are we drawing the spoiler line here? I think we can talk about Joker enough without having spoilers. Enchantress, you kind of have to spoil a, a bit yeah, to talk okay, about. But cool. Joker, I think we can. God damn, do I fucking hate this Joker. I'd, I don't think we've seen enough of him to make a final decision. But what I've seen isn't good. I really wasn't liking it. And I'm not exactly a Jared Leto hater by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I actually think this might be my first ever Jared Leto movie. But... I really didn't like what they... The young money, like, rich kids of Instagram shit they were doing. That's not any form of Joker I've ever seen. It's it's kind of like a modernised version of early Joker. Because early Joker was like a mob boss. Right. And was, was a straight-up murderer. It wasn't a case of, like... He dressed like a clown, yes. But that's because he was mental. Yeah. And other than that, he was like, I'm going to stab and shoot these people until they're dead. And then obviously you got like Silver Age Joker, which is, whoa, what's zany? And then yeah. you get like modern Joker, who's right. a psychopath. Yeah. It kind of felt like they were going, let's take the psychopath element and the mob boss element. And then let's pander to the fucking Hot Topic crowd again with the tattoos and the grill. I'm like, Ugh. oh, that that didn't work. No. We, we all suspected it might not do when we first saw the picture of him. But I can you know, confirm that it didn't work. No. And... Yeah, maybe there's some scenes on the cutting room floor that really do showcase this Joker in a better light. But I just really didn't like it. It didn't feel. It didn't feel like I was watching the Joker. No, it didn't. I, I was saying to Luke, I said um, he's not imposing enough. No, he, I'm not scared. And no. and like 
the Joker can be scary. Like, Mark Hamill's voice performance as the Joker can be terrifying at points. I remember there's a lot of points in Arkham Knight. Uh, oh, that might be a spoiler for Arkham Knight. Mm. Who cares? There's points where the Joker's voice is in. And I was like, this is creepy. And I didn't get that. No. Now, now creepy is something I think is in Jared Leto's wheelhouse. That's fine. But it felt like he took the Heath Ledger Joker and said, right, well, I'm going to do all these, like, look at me. Like, the really deep... That was a really bad look at me. I'm sorry, everybody. But, yeah, he took that part of it, the kind of deep, dark, depressing side of the Joker, and then did none of the fun stuff, which is meant to be the balance. That's why everyone likes Joker, because of that balance. He was miserable all the way through. He was just sad Joker. And that's no one's favourite Joker. And I just... Yeah, there was nothing to enjoy about it. There was, like... I think there was little glimmers of a good Joker in there. I think the laugh is different and iconic. It's very, it's very breathless. And I like the, the the laugh on the intake. Like, that sounds awesome. Right. Um, and there's little bits where, like... When he's doing the, I'm not going to kill you, I'm just going to hurt you really, really bad. I like that line. And I like that a lot. And there's a moment... Um, where it looks like he might leave Harley Quinn for dead in one of the flashbacks. Yeah, when they give him the slightest bit of character. Yeah. And he goes, oh, and he literally roll his eyes and goes back on that gate straight almost immediately. Yeah. There's little bits that are really good, and I really wanted to see more of him in the Mad Love storyline. What we got is, like, Joker runs a club... And he's a needy boyfriend. Yeah, he's a needy boyfriend. And Where like, are you? I'm coming to get you. And like, the, the, what, the first time I saw him, I was like, oh, great, can't wait to see this come up again and fucking again. Is he's got a tattoo of the Joker mouth on his hand and he covers his <laughs> mouth like that. And that looks fucking retarded. Um, yeah. And then there's, then when he's, he kind of whores out Harley Quinn at the start, which is weird. That was odd. And then like, this is to, I forget who's playing the character, but he's, just some gangbang and he's like goes honka honka I'm like oh this this is not this is not Joker crazy this is just stupid yes I I I can't say I'm excited now seeing go toes though we've, we've been athlete Batman it's not it's not going to be a fair fight it's just going to be a case of he's going to be like oh you sweet talking me bam done yeah Batman knocks that man out in like yeah. 10 seconds flat job done the, the guy's not imposing he's not no and there's a shot there's so many shots in the trailer and this is why I actually believe Jared Leto about the good stuff about this Joker, the the reason that he went method and went and stayed in character the whole time, has been just conveniently cut out the movie because the movie's got to have laughs in it. Yeah, I know. And we did like, yes, it needed to be lighter, and it was lighter in tone, but it didn't. You didn't need to neuter the Joker. He's a non-force in this movie. The yeah. worst thing you see him do is nearly lay on a knife, like when he's rolling about the floor. Yeah. If that's the worst thing the Joker's doing, you've done something fucking wrong. I agree. Ah, I just I and it's... and it, this is the other thing. The other problem with this Joker is right. So he clearly kills people and all this good stuff. You don't see it though. But we're dealing with a Batman who kills people. So why is the Joker still alive? That's Batman true. kills some bloke who tried to shoot a rifle at his overpowered, you know, impenetrable fo- flying fortress thing, and he was quite happy to kill that fucker. So why hasn't he killed the Joker yet? This is more a problem with Batman vs Superman. Yeah. Of, because Zack Snyder decides to have a killing Batman, then none of his arch enemies should still be yeah. alive. There's no reason. Like the only reason the Deadshot was still alive at the start of this movie is because the kid got in the way. The only reason that I really like, liked that scene. Yeah, I liked it a lot because it, it looked like Batman. It looked like a Batman movie, and I was like, "Oh, this is fun." Captain Boomerang's on the other hand. 
<laughs> yeah. When 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 Sheldon Cooper in a flash suit turns up and says, "Awkward banter," and then takes him away was was not so good. Is this spoilers, by the way? Because I kind of feel like that would be a spoiler. Uh, it's, a, it's a minor spoiler, I suppose. But yeah, the, the, you get to see Captain Boomerang get taken away by a superhero. Which is good. But you've, is a... you've already kind of revealed which one. <laughs> it's the Flash. It's the Flash. If you couldn't guess, because he's part of that, you know, rogues gallery. Yeah, I know. But, oh, God, that... Why is he doing a Sheldon Cooper impression? I don't need that. You're in my second favourite chair. Fuck off. Yeah. Anyway, um, right. Spoiler alert! Uh, prior to spoiler alert... I like this movie. Go watch it if you've got some time. Go watch Finding Dory first and foremost, because yeah. my God, my God, my God. But then Suicide Squad is worth your time, I'd say. Yeah, I think I think it will actually be a decent enough movie on retrospect. I think right now it's still very much, it's too raw for some people, specifically the DC fanboys. And I, I'll put my hands up and say we're Marvel fanboys, because yeah. we, fan- we get overly analytical about Marvel movies and we love the characters. They're some of our favourite characters. I fantasise about Captain America. Moving on, um, but and, and and if we had to pick a side, we pick Marvel. Yeah. But we're film critics first and foremost when we do this show. Yeah. And DC's track record has not taken the sort of upward spike everyone wanted, and and the DC fans think that it is. Yeah. It's not perfect. No. It's, a, it's a very very flawed movie, and unfortunately, stacked up against its competitor, yeah, competitor. It's not as entertaining. That could prove to be even more flawed, but I'll go into that media theory at the end. Yes. Spoilers! Enchantress. Yeah. The the one I was like, I've never seen Cara Delevingne act in anything, oh. so I wasn't, and I know she's a former model, so my, my kind of guard was up. I really liked her in this. I liked June Moon, and I liked the Enchantress. I think she looked awesome. Yeah. Especially in that final fight scene when they're all fighting her. That was one of the most visually impressive final fights I've seen in a very long time. I actually prefer the Gollum-esque, sort of like dirty, grimy costume. I thought that looked great. To the, like, the Empress. Yeah, over thing. the Empress. Thing. Yeah, but I mean, like when she's fighting, she's basically just... Everything's pitch black and you can just see her eyes. And, yeah, like, that's kind of vague right. Like, that looked really awesome. She was kind of used as a one-note villain. Yeah, it's so unfortunate. The, but it, then again, that's what the Enchantress is. June Moon's yeah. the... The tragic character, yeah. like the she's like the Jean Grey of this universe, mm-hmm. if you will. I would like to have seen more of that dynamic. Explain. We don't really actually get much of Cara Delevingne doing a normal acting job. It's mainly just her as the intentress shimmying at things. <laughs> she shimmies a lot, doesn't she? There's a lot of shimmying. There's a lot of ooh, I'm evil, but I'm also Shakira. See, I thought it was going to be a case of that. Like I th- when I was watching, I was like, oh, it's because she's possessed. I'm like, no, this is just this is supposed to just be the enchantress. Why? Why is she dancing? That's a bit weird. It And it did feel like they... It felt like at one point there was a version of this movie where the Enchantress stayed on the team. And then there was another one where she... This version where she isn't and she becomes the final bad guy. Because there's a scene where she's in bed with, with Rick Flag, Rick Flag, Flag even. And she just says Enchantress in a sleep. Like, why is that, I think? If Jim Moon is completely in control, why is she now... That felt like... A convenient plot well, point. Well, again, there's a movie in Rick Flag falling in love with June Moon and having to deal with the Enchantress as a part of that relationship. Yeah. You just go, I picked Rick Flag. He fell in love. Way. That's like it's a ten-second montage. Yeah. I'm like, okay then. And they're in love now, so just accept that as a thing. Accept the love. 
and then watch it be tested. Yeah. Movie. I'm like, no, that's not... But she looked cool. Yeah. If, yeah. As far as one-note villains go, they're all kind of equally as crap. But she looked better than the likes of Ronin the Accuser and... Uh, and whatever the hell the elf guy was from Malekith. Malekith the Accursed, yes, from 4-2. And Speaking of oversized henchmen, the CG one in this movie sucks. The brother. Yeah, you Incubus. Mean. I actually had to look at what it was. They kind of need a big thing to punch because there's so many of them. They couldn't just all be there wailing the crap out of Carla Delevingne because that might look a bit odd. But yeah, um, her brother was kind of your even more generic. Well, he was the curse to Malekith yeah. in, in the full Ragnarok situation. Just the big thing to wail on before you get to go and deal with the appre- the only the apprentice, <laughs> um, the enchantress, and and he provided an okay fight at the end. Even then, enchantress had the better fight with the Suicide Squad than her brother did. But there we go. Yeah, he was just kind of an afterthought. I feel. I'll tell you the one reason why I enjoyed him being a part of it because all through the movie the incubus thing was stupid and it looked sucky and it was very dumb and it was very much a case of like I said it was the wall that you punch before you go you, you need to get, get to the final you, room you needed to have something like the um the what they called in the avengers um Jitauri? the jatari yes just a, just a big old faceless force that you can just go and happily shoot without with, you know with reckless abandon they needed that yeah, in this movie yeah. but the, here's the thing like the Marvel movies have retroactively made the Chitauri interesting, but like that's not something that's going to happen with this movie. Right. But the entire if the entire reason for Incubus existing in this movie was just so that El Diablo can go full on Buenos Dias fuckboy mode, yes, then then I'm happy because that bit was awesome. Like this fiery like Mexican like with the Aztec headdress yeah. and the flaming bones. And he just comes out just like, what now, bitch? I'm like, yes, this is good. That was cool. That made me I laugh. I did enjoy that, I fucking yes. love that. Um, when he finally... They kill off El Diablo, which is surprising. I thought he yeah. was going to make it to the end more than anybody. Um, but yeah, he, he got to go into a blaze of glory. Ah! Which was cool. Um, but yeah, the, the what else is there to spoil, really? <laughs> They're all back in jail at the end, so I'm glad that happened. Yeah, well, they break Harley Quinn out right Yeah, it, it ends on a weird note, because Harley Quinn gets given the opportunity to break out with a Joker. And then a post credit scene is um, Amanda Waller giving the um, yellow pages for superheroes to Bruce Wayne. Yeah. She knows who Bruce Wayne is. Cause Bruce Wayne knows Waller. who she is, yeah. which is interesting, because that dynamic has always been kind of like... Yeah, very much logging heads, and I get a sense of that in this, and that's really good. Here's a weird thing about the ending of this movie, right? So, in this movie, there is a point where Harley Quinn, like her entire plot thread is, I like the Joker's going to pick me up halfway through this, and I'm fucking off. I'm out. Yep. Um, what ends up happening is the Joker pretty much abandons her mm-hmm. to save his own skin. Like he comes and saves her on a like an attack helicopter thing, which that's a cool scene by the way. The yeah. Joker hanging off the back of a helicopter with a Tommy gun in a tuxedo, that's cool. That's I like cool. that. That I wish we had more of that Joker. Again, yeah. there's a bit in the trailer where like he's got a burned face and a different haircut, and he's in the tuxedo and he looks menacing. Yeah, that's that the wasn't Joker. in the movie. Yeah, it wasn't in the movie. There's a lot in the trailers. There isn't in the movie. Ah. A hell of a lot. Um. But shortly after this, like, the Joker basically escapes. And early on in the flashbacks, Joker plunges his purple Lamborghini, which is a stupid thing, into the river and bolts straight away. He's like, I'm leaving Harley Quinn for dead. Oh, that was one of my second biggest laughs as well. 
Harley Quinn alive underwater and Batman just goes, nope, and punches her in the face. Oh, yeah, like he pretends to be asleep, tries to cut her and he just knocks her out. Yeah. That's, nope. that, that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, and then Harley Quinn has the whole kind of like, oh, Mr. J didn't actually like care about me, but these guys are on the team and, you know, and they're not a family, which is the bullshit thing that comes out at the end. They are, you know, they've had a drink. That's the most sociable yeah. thing they've done in this movie. But then Harley Quinn's like, yeah, they're my friends, they're my friends. And then the second joke comes to be a corrupt. Later, guys! Bye! Bye, bye. everybody! Yeah, they, 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 again, they flitted between what type of relationship Harley Quinn and Joker had several times in this movie. Yeah. That wasn't great for consistency. And a lot of it was the Joker was in love with her, which is yeah. wrong. That's, that's just backwards. Yeah, it's that's the not, other way around. Exactly. It's not what the Joker's meant to... That the Joker's meant to use her as a pawn because yeah, he knows that, that she can get stuff done. That's what it is. That is the point. She's, she's a pawn, a means to an end. She's a she, victim. Yeah, she is. Of the Joker. Again, this is explored in, in, in Bruce Timm's Mad Love, where like, Joker pushes her out of a fucking window into a dumpster and she has to get saved by Batman after she's beaten and bloodied and stuff like that. Yeah. We didn't get that because the Joker actually cares about her now. And I suppose that it's... For reasons. If they'd given more time to it, I think I could have been okay with it, but there we go. But yeah, she breaks out to the end, and that now leads us to Darren's media theory corner. Okay. Now, the main crux of why I think bad guy movies are bad long-term, as I explained, is that you then make connections with them, and you empathise with them, and want to see them succeed in later movies when they're meant to be the bad guy. Because that's their appeal. You like them... Because they were bad guys for the longest time. You like Magneto. I know I keep going back to him, but he's a great example of this. You like him in his bad guy guys. If he were a good guy from the start, and that's how you knew him, you wouldn't necessarily like him as much. In fact, you wouldn't like him as much because he wouldn't have the exact same pathos he has yeah, as a bad guy. It's all about understanding motivation. Yeah, so especially as... Now, I have this problem with... Had they tried to do this with established bad guys and tried to put them into this context like they were done with the Magneto's origin movie. My problem with with it going straight off the bat is we've never known these characters as bad guys. We're told they're bad guys, but we've known them as the protagonists of their movie. So now, when we get to the Ben Affleck Batman movie, they're clearly going to have Joker and Harley Quinn in there. Whether they're the main bad guys or not, I sincerely fucking hope not, for reasons I'm going to explain in a second, but they're going to be there. And you're meant to root for Batman in that situation. They are the bad guys. You can enjoy Joker and Harley Quinn as much as you like in every other medium, but they are always the bad guys. You're always on Batman's side to go and catch them and put them in Arkham. But now, now you know that Harley Quinn's sympathetic and you want to root for her, that defeats the object of her being a bad guy, which will necessitate another bad guy coming into the picture who we don't know as well, who's going to have most of his focus stolen because they know we want to spend time with fucking... Joker and Harley Quinn. You see why this is problematic to it is, Michael? It is problematic. Now, this is, of course, the first movie to try this gambit. And I would love to be proven wrong. I really fucking would like to be proven wrong. I just don't think I will be. I think now you're going to have the problem where they're going to have to either, A, make Harley Quinn a good person in the next Batman movie, or B, they're going to make her a bad guy and it's just not going to be as effective. They've, they've screwed, potentially screwed, both pathways they could go with this. And that annoys me. Maggle. No, that makes sense. I get where you're coming from. Now, they did admittedly do something smart in that they didn't make either Deadshot or Harley Quinn the main character. Because as I explained in my Jon Snow article, that would then have to make them boring because that's what protagonists have to do. In the ensemble form of telling a story, everyone gets to be interesting. 
They have to have small relatable quotes here, like the daughter stuff with, with Deadshot, which makes him probably the true protagonist of this movie. Really, yeah, because, I mean, he gets the last say, as it was. Yeah. So it's not they're not completely screwed. They haven't neutered Harley Quinn to the point where she's unrecognisable. I just think they're going to have struggles putting her into future movies. Yeah. To I the point it. where they're going to have... They're probably... If I was going to put money on it, they're going to turn into an, into an anti-hero and make her have her own movie at some point. We will have either a Gotham City Sirens type deal where her Poison Ivy and Catwoman are a thing or we're going to have a solo Harley Quinn movie. Well, that's what they've tried to do in the books, isn't it? Um, recent, most recently, before the New 52 reboot, um, which is so, so the unfortunate thing about the New 52 reboot is that it undid Harley's big revelation, um, which was she finally quit the Joker, as it was. There's a scene where like Batman just lets her sort of like go to town, hitting the shit at the Joker, like, I'm fucking done with you. Yeah. And that was really powerful. And then, like, for a few um, issues after that, Harley, like, tries to go about a normal life, but obviously she still has psychopathic tendencies. Yeah. But she's trying to engineer them into doing good rather than bad. And right. That's interesting. That would make, you know, a good basis for a character. But it's not Harley Quinn. No. That is a version of Harley Quinn, but it's not Harley Quinn. It's not the intended one. She's supposed to be sympathetic, but she's still dangerous. That, yeah. That's what it needs to be. Well, I think because the the long-form storytelling you're afforded in comic books, there is a way to tell Harley Quinn as a good person. Having watched wrestling my entire life, I understand that heel turns and babyface turns, if done correctly over a large amount of time, can be effective. And you can carry that momentum through. When you're like, yes, now Harley Quinn's on the side of good, but you still got X, Y, and Z characteristics that I like, that are core to her character that haven't changed. But it's now just, you know, now we can tell new and interesting stories. That's fine. Movies don't afford you long-term storytelling. No. Marvel has done it well. Somehow. Yes, Marvel The only person somehow. to have done it well. Yeah, even, even Star Wars has to reset itself every three movies to just to have a stab at telling medium-sized stories. And that's the problem. They're, they're, they're going... They're going to have to do this on an accelerated timescale no matter what. Whether they're going to go... She's going to go full heel turn and go back to being a bad person and the worst of the worst of the worst... Or she's going to be an anti-hero. That's the problem. It's going to be jarring all the way. That's the thing. Because Marvel's the only people who've so far done it right and been able to give you... So, I mean, take Tony Stark, for example. He's not the same character in Civil War that he was in Iron Man 1. No. No way. They're, they're different people. And it's been a natural progression of it. You know what I mean? But the, the point we find him in Civil War is a natural progression from where he's come from, from Iron Man 1, through the other Iron Man Avengers movies, to there. But the Makes problem sense. is that the, the throttle on the DC movies has just gone... It's being pushed so far; it's hitting the dashboard. It's 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 too much, too quick, and they've tried to. Marvel did ten movies before they even attempted Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, DC have done a Superman movie, a pre-Justice League movie, and then this one, and an accelerated villain movie to get a load of villains into the mix. Yeah, I don't necessarily think we'll see any of them outside of Harley Quinn and Joker in future movies until we get Suicide Squad 2. Yeah. Which could be how they get around having a Harley Quinn movie if they move her much more into the protagonist role, maybe. But, yeah, this... Again, I know I keep chirping on about this. I did enjoy this movie, but I see it as being a bit of a problem child potentially going forward in that the characters that will come out of this as popular are still meant to be bad guys, and that poses a lot of problems that I don't think DC's track record shows they're going to be able to solve. That's true. Well, 
That was some deep media theory that didn't go too crazy, Michael. I know, right? I'm very proud of myself. I'm going to have to tell my girlfriend about this because she reckons I go I go crazy whenever I go media theory expandy time. But um, I, I will, will say... I'm oh, sorry. Go you on, will no, say. You, no, you will say. I will say I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to a full director's cut. Yeah. But but I won't go and see it again. No, definitely That's not. It. Once is enough. The next DC movie we'll be watching, I presume it's Wonder Woman, right? Yeah, Wonder Woman. I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman. I really like the trailer. Again, Wonder Woman is now... like I'm not back on board with DC. I've been burned by them yeah. with Batman vs Superman. Hard enough to be wary. <laughs> We're still relying on Gal Gadot to be a leading woman. Oh, she God. looks the part now. I mean, she's still a bit skinny, but she looks the part at least yeah. in most of the shots. That that trailer, the trailer where she's got the the got the lasso of truth, which is yeah. glowing gold and looks awesome. Uh, and she's sort of like slide tackling with big clunky yeah. armor, gauntlet boots. Yeah, and the I'm shot like, of her walking oh. over the trench looks looks amazing. That looks the tits. It's great. It, she does now start to look the part, but she's still a terrible actress. <laughs> yeah. And and it was fine in Batman vs Superman because she's only relied, relied upon to talk for a very small amount of time. She's now got to talk for two and a half hours movie. That could be problematic. But the trailer, if anything, boosting my expectations. Yeah, that's true. I'm looking forward but to that But it's still on Last Chance Saloon. It's still a case of if Wonder Woman sucks, I'm out of the Justice League movie. I don't want to see it if Wonder Woman is so fucking god-awful. Yeah. But the trifecta, like the trinity, of yeah. Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are all... Okay, I like, I like I do like Ben Affleck as Batman, but he kills people. Yeah. And he's a bit of a fucking psychopath. He's not... He's not a an untrusting genius he's a fucking psychopath exactly they, they have time to check like, obviously we can see from the trailer that the Justice League movie is trying to do a different tone whether that's completely like 180 because of the knee jerk terrible reactions to Batman vs Superman like, everyone's got to be quippy um, quickly get some quips in here um, whether that happens we'll, we'll have to see whether that improves Batman and he says no I'm not going to kill anybody anymore I've seen the error of my ways I went a bit nutty um, got overexcited getting back in the suit and I thought I just need to kill a person it's a bit natty it's a bit natty but um, and we gained Man of Steel 2 that was announced as well yep officially rumoured <laughs> I think it's the best way to describe Man of Steel 2 but that's a, a chance for them to make officially rumoured officially rumoured I think that's a chance for them to do Superman better make him more hopeful and less miserable Jesus well I mean they were either going to do that or the Reign of the Supermen movie oh Christ could you imagine I, only, I can only hope <laughs> They do that and give Max Landis the powers <laughs> to do it. Praise be to Max Landis. Praise be to Landis. Like, no, not even make the movie. Just show yeah. his thing. Just, just so that. you can have Elijah Wood go, I'm leaving. Perfect. Um, yeah, so that's DC well and truly drawn and quartered. We, Marvel still have one more um, bullet in the chamber this year. We've still got Doctor Strange to go. But we're about to enter a bit of a lull, I think. You mean, up, you mean up until Spider-Man? No, but I mean like... Movies this year, 2016. Oh, yeah, yeah. Summer movie season's now over. Yeah. Suicide Squad was kind of the the, the closing ceremony. Literally, we're starting to see, like, the, the few details of Rogue One off in the distance. And that's that's the end point. But as far as I can tell, movies are going to dry up from here. And with Doctor Strange so far away, we now, it seems like we're going to have to rely on comedies for a little bit. Yeah, there's nothing, like you say, we've got Doctor Strange in a couple of... Like, next, no... It's November, isn't November, it? November, so... And then Rogue three One months after. But we've yeah. got three months of nothing yeah. big. End of the year, yeah. Rogue One, Fantastic Beasts, and, and, and Doctor Strange. But yeah, we have Sausage Party, 
And before that, we have um, Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. Which we haven't... Which America have had for America ages. America have had for, like, months at this juncture. Barely said it's finished at this... Yeah, but there. we're getting it soon. It, but it's got very good reviews. So is Sausage Party, actually. Both have got very yeah, good reviews. Yeah. So, thank the good Christ, for the first time in a couple of years, we're going to have some good comedies on the table. Thank God. Which is good time. But, yeah... This is this is their last really big movie until November, Maggle. That's weird, isn't it? Good God. Um, we have to play catch with some of the stuff we've missed out or something. Well, we are. We've, we've got some irons in the fire for some projects we're hoping to do. That's true. Maybe a Harry Potter one that I'm looking forward to. Maggle isn't, but I am. Um, which which could be fun. That's in the build-up to Fantastic Beasts and where to find them in December. Um, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at The Guttridge. You can go to... Our website failentertainment.com that's fell spelled f-o-u-l entertainment.com I mean I can plug it occasionally sometimes you can that, I'm surprised you did and yeah we have um, we have our Pokemon uh, Gotta Cast Them All latest episode where we talk about the latest um, not the latest trailer <laughs> yeah as of today a trailer got leaked and then had to be released early because yeah. it got leaked which would have given me a day to put the podcast up about the latest trailer yeah. which is no longer the latest trailer I hate the fact how... Oh, no, I've gone cross eyes. Yeah, basically. And Either we've way. been upstaged by a feminine meowth and shitty Raichu. I know, right? And Ghost Rider Marowak. But, um, yes, you can go check that out and hear the results of a Nuzlocke challenge. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you can find me on Twitter at ThatMyCo and you can go and find the website at Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud and mine's under the uh, username FalENT. That's FalENT. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Popscorn, and we'll see you in the next one, which we have no idea what it'll be. We'll see. Yay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.